The Last Life Gaming Network is an over-the-top platform catering to the gamer. With numerous options upon launch, the LLGN will provide you with countless choices to start your experience. Shows such as collections, IRL, party games, playthroughs, and GUI, gaming under the influence, as well as highlights of Twitch and Mixer live streams, the network will have you itching for more. LLGN Sports will provide sports coverage as well as sports-related topics. With an interactive live stream schedule, the network will provide you with many reasons to be a part of our Last Life community. Make sure to subscribe to the Last Life Gaming Network on YouTube when it drops in the fall of 2019. Are you ready to be a Last Lifer? Culture Wings. If you're looking for flavorful wings in the Rockland County, New York area, we've got the place for you. Give them a follow on Instagram at FTC Wings. Again, that's at FTC underscore W-I-N-G-Z. Place your order in the DMs or give them a call at 845-200-1600. Free delivery to those who are in the Havistraw and West Havistraw area. Please be sure to vote weekly on their Instagram page for the sauce of the week. Thai chili, honey barbecue, Cajun, lemon pepper, and garlic parm are the weekly wing flavors. Eight piece for $7, eight piece combo for $10. 16 piece for $14, 16 piece combo for $17. 24 piece for $21, 24 piece combo for $24. An order of fries is $3, loaded fries for $5. Mozzarella sticks are also an option. Eight for $5, 16 for $10. Beverages are all $1, which includes Coke, Sprite, and water. They have catering options as well. Please be sure to use the Blast Podcast promo code to get a free order of fries. Orders are taken only on Sundays from 12 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. These wings sell out fast, so don't miss out on the opportunity to taste the best wings in Rockland County, New York. Remember the name, Culture Wings. Got the latest news that's precise in DSP The 411, yeah I know where I'm from 845 won't lower my gun Blast like the podcast Chicken wings from culture my lunch In the county know who run it Stay woke, they wanna know who done it Uh, get in tune with DSP and precise. Taking this podcast thing to different heights. If you nice, they pull up on them, get on the mic. They showcase talent and speak on real life. If you got a business, they promote to get cash. So tune in now to the Blast Podcast. Rick.
the blast off. Tune into the blast podcast. Out the 845 this sarcast. Got history and not supporting our past. But we ain't tucking our town now. All this talent that we got gon' make our proud how DSP and Besides gave us a voice. Now we all set to go and make us some noise. Cash. Precise, man. You are an artist or creator out there. Come catch these vibes. So, I got a quick question for you. I think he follows the IG page. I think he follows the IG page. Because I see him like, 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 like it. I see him like it. Every time I post something about FTC Wayne, that's dope. That's dope. We love it. I wish you nothing but success, bro. For real, for real. We love it. I wish you nothing but success, bro. For real, for real. Success, 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 success. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And because you're gonna love this shit. It's really, really good. Culture wings. Make sure you follow them, man. Don't forget to follow the last podcast. You can just say our names, save a little money, and get free fries. All right. Next up, yo, precise man. How did you feel when I told you? I was so happy to have you. This is fam. We all. You also understand ownership because before you guys came on here, we were talking about ownership and how important it was. I guess um, we want to jump right into it. it. What's going on, family? It's your boy, brother DSP, and you're now listening to the Blast Podcast. Uh... Thank you for listening, man. I, I can't express how much uh, gratitude I have towards our listeners, man. You guys come back every week. Last week, we dropped two episodes, and y'all listen to both. So, I mean, get used to that because um, the MORVOH experience, the MORVOH basketball experience is going to be something that's dropping every Monday at midnight. You know, basically recapping the week of um, VOH basketball and whatever uh, pertain, whatever is pertaining to uh, MOR apparel. Um, once again, I'm DSP. I'm going to be uh, piloting the ship by myself today. Um, shout out to Precise. He had to uh, go take care of some things. So I got to make sure we maintain our weekly uh, programming. So I'm going to be holding down the floor by myself today. Uh, this this episode is dedicated to a Tatiana Jefferson, uh, a young lady that uh, passed away in Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to get into that uh, later. Uh, as you hear in the background, um, one of my new favorite songs right now by uh, Bishop Nehru, one of the members of the Rockland 10. Um, Bishop Nehru's uh, Me and My Thoughts single that he just released. I think he released it about two, three days ago. Um, it's, it's banging, man. He produced it himself. So, I mean, check it out. It's called Me and My Thoughts, Bishop Nehru. Um, it's a it's a good joint, man. I, I mean, I've been playing it since it released. Um, so it, I, I I really like the guy's style, man. Uh, Bishop Nehru is from Rockland County, I believe. He's twenty three years old. Um, I think he signed to Mass Appeal Records as well. So it's 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 a lot going on for Rockland County right now, and I'm super proud of that dude. No, I don't know him personally. Never met him. Anything like that. I remember hearing about him um, when I was doing music about seven years ago. And I believe he was probably like 16 at the time. So, and I and I thought he was nice then. So to hear him now and see, to hear how polished he is now, it's dope. So I just wanted to get that song on there. 
called uh, Me and My Thoughts. Make sure you check that out by uh, Bishop Nehru. Um, I just wanted to send a few RIP shout outs out there. Um, uh, Elijah Cummings, U.S. representative that just passed away. Uh, he was the representative for, I believe, Maryland, maybe even the city of Baltimore. I'm not sure. Um, he was a strong proponent in the impeachment of uh, number 45. So um, to see him go, actually him and 45 were like exchanging some some more. They had words for each other pretty much. So wanted to send him uh, a RIP shout out. I want to send condolences to his family. Peace, love and light to his family. Um, another person I wanted to say a rest in peace to is Patrick Day. Um, Haitian American boxer that died after his fight. I think he, I believe he died four days after the fight. Um, he, he got knocked out. Um, and then he suffered, they said he suffered some brain injuries. I believe he was in a coma for a while and then he passed away. Um, this is why you'll never catch me saying that, um, boxers are scared or boxers are bums or anything like that. Like I know, cause I used to train in boxing. So I know the, um, the work, the, the punishment, the, basically the type of, um, the type of makeup you have to have in order for you to get in that ring because like you're basically putting your life on the line when you get in that ring and as you can see my uh, young brother Patrick Day Haitian American brother passed away um, I wanted to send an RIP shout out to that condolences to his family and there's someone else that passed away locally um, I don't know the guy I never knew him personally um, I believe his name they called him Roly um, young dude uh, friend of mine Wicked Keys uh, you've, of course you've heard of him. He was on episode 11, his family, uh, with Quest. Um, I believe he was very close with this dude. Um, so I wanted to send a rest in peace shout out to his family and send my condolences and prayers to his family and friends. Um, he, he was impactful in a lot of people's, um, life I see, because I believe I also saw Jay Knapp, who you heard in the beginning, uh, with the eight bars, um, I believe he also had, him and Jay Knapp had plans to do some entrepreneurial work. So it's sad to see such a young brother pass away. I, I'm not sure how he passed away, so I'm not going to try and speculate or anything like that. That's kind of disrespectful. Some people are still mourning, still grieving. So rest in peace to those three people I mentioned. Condolences to all the family, friends of those people I mentioned. And I just wanted to give a quick moment of silence just for those three people and whoever else has passed away, man. Um... Uh, here we go. We're about to do the quick moment of silence right here. Okay, man. Um, I just had to do that because there was that was like three deaths in the, within the past week or so. So it, I, I had to touch on that, man. Um, I'm not gonna get into the serious stuff as of yet. Um, because we got some serious shit to talk about. Um, first let's talk about um. This film that Nick Cannon and um, Cash Money Films are producing together, uh, the name of the film is She-Ball. Uh, Nick Cannon's incredible company partnered with Cash Money Films to produce the forthcoming film. Uh, movie is set to release at the end of this year. A uh, basketball-themed movie focuses on race, gentrification, criminal justice, and female empowerment, hence the name She-Ball. Um, Cannon stated the movie is a combination of Above the Rim, Loving Basketball, and Save the Last Dance. But, it's, but it has its own message, of course. Um, the cast consists of Birdman, Chris Brown, Faison Love, 
Evan Ross, Cedric the Entertainer, DC Young Fly, and Melody Ray Candle. Um, Chris Brown is also producing. Uh, I believe the, the trailer is online now. I haven't watched it myself as of yet. I just found this interesting to see that Nick Cannon, uh, Nick Cannon, who has become a media mogul himself, um, is now going back into films. But this time, I guess he's producing his this film with Cash Money Films because I believe this is the first movie under the Cash Money Films imprint and um, Incredible Company imprint. So it's interesting to see that. I don't know the la when was the last time I seen a good basketball film. So we, we should see, man. I just want to see what it's about for sure. Um, so big shout out to Nick Cannon. I hope uh, I hope the movie is a success, but it had. I hope it's good at the at first. I hope it's a good movie. First things first. Uh, that's 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 the thing. Um, since we're um, still in the film realm, let me segue into uh, the new Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz will be playing Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, in the upcoming The Batman movie. Um, that news broke, I think, this week. Um, I, I seen that there were some other women that were involved with that. I, I just don't remember exactly who, but I did remember seeing Zoe Kravitz's name as one of the people that they wanted to put on. So that was cool just to see her do that. I hope she kills that role. I hope it's a good uh, Batman movie. Um, I mean, they, they deaded um, Ben Affleck, who I thought was a good Batman. They deadened him and... Uh, casted Robert Pattinson from Twilight fame. So it should be interesting to see where they go with this. Um, another, some more entertainment movie news. I, I wanted to speak on Tyler Perry. Um, as far as Tyler Perry goes, I never really rocked with his Medea movies um, to say uh, I never... Um, Let's just say I'm not a I'm not I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry, but to see him have the first ever black owned film studio lot, that's a big deal. It's very inspirational. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people bashing, oh, Tyler Perry, this Tyler Perry, that I understand you don't fuck with Tyler Perry, but there is no way you can't say that this man getting his own studio lot um, isn't inspiring. Um, it's all his, no propriety, no propriety, no, Jesus Christ, I can't talk, forgive me, no proprietary partners or corporate backing. So that means that's all his. Um, he named sound stages after legends in black Hollywood, such as Oprah, Harry Belafonte, Denzel Washington, Spike Lee, Whoopi Goldberg. And of course he named the, a lot after his mom, uh, Willie Maxine Perry. Um, they're saying the size of this studio lot. Um, is bigger than Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Fox, and Sony put together. Like, if you were to take all those studios, you can fit them inside Tyler Perry Studios. Um, from, what I, from what I heard, I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong about this. Um, I heard it was on old, an old plantation ground. So I was like, oh, okay. So he took that, um, a spot where... Pretty much many, many blacks were used to, you know, create opportunities or basically make currency that they weren't going to see for other people. But now Tyler Perry took it back and put a black owned studio on there. I thought that was pretty powerful. 
Um, so huge shout out to Tyler Perry. As I said, I'm not a Tyler Perry fan, but I'm not going to sit here and deny that this shit didn't inspire me. Like I, I was super inspired by seeing Tyler Perry on a black film studio. I never watched any of them ideas. I seen some of his plays. Um, I believe he had a movie where he was playing a spy from those James Patterson books. I just don't remember the name of the spy right now, but I believe he had that movie. I watched it. I tried watching it twice. I fell asleep midway. So I'm not a Tyler Perry fan at all, but I'm not going to sit here and deny or act like that him having his own studio isn't inspiring. That's nuts to me. Um, maintaining, staying in the entertainment news world, Martin Scorsese, um, he's had a lot of uh, inflammatory things to say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who I'm a huge fan of. I love all the movies on there, but I also have to say that I had a connection to those characters because I was reading those comic books back in the 90s. You know what I mean? When I was a teenager listening to hip-hop music and, and um, reading comic books and playing video games. Like, I, I grew an attachment to these, so I know their stories. But to hear Martin Scorsese to say the things that he said, I'm not shocked because he's a representative of the, uh, of the good old boys club. For those of y'all who may not know of the good old boys club, it's like, uh, I don't want to say racist, racist white men, but I'm going to say bigoted white men because it's not just a race thing with them. It's also women. It's also like classism. It's a whole bunch of things when I talk about the old boys club. So basically Martin Scorsese is a strong representative of the old boys club. He might even be the president. Um, he states that um, the cinemas are being invaded by theme park films. Granted, that's his opinion, and he's entitled to have that opinion. But my thing is, I think there's an underlying, an underlying motive behind all these comments, and he's not going to express it because he just he just may show his bigoted um, his bigoted side. Um, that's what I believe. The issue may be, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, if you look at a lot of Martin Scorsese's films, um, the leads are predominantly white. Uh, the leads are predominantly male. And women and non-white people are often portrayed in a derogatory manner. So I'm sitting here like, when I see the MCU and seeing how progressive and inclusive they are, to see him say these things, and I'm like, huh. I mean, he did say something to the nature of where he was like, oh, what they're doing now is great, so I applaud them for that. But to me, it looked like he just slipped that in there so uh, you wouldn't look at him as a bigot. You know what I mean? Um, he's also said... Um, that the, I said that the theaters are being invaded and they need to st step up. Um, like I said, he claims he admires what they do, but it's not his thing. Like I said, he's entitled to his opinion. But like I said, Martin Scorsese's films are very uh, bigoted. I'm going to use that word. Very bigoted. If you watch some of these films and say you see a black character, I guarantee you they've been called a nigger on the movie several times. Um... 
women called out their name, all types of sluts, whores, bitches, probably get smacked around in the movie. Like, you have to understand, this is what he's calling cinema. I'm not saying it isn't, because I'm not a cinema connoisseur. I love movies, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this is bad cinema. This is good cinema. You know, I'm, I'm not in that. I mean, I, I know what he's doing. He has a movie out right now on Netflix. I believe it's called The Irishman with Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro. Notice, white men as the leads. Um, it's based on the Jimmy Hoffa story. Um, and then I believe he was also the producer behind the new Joker film. And this is what led him to make these statements because he believes that, I guess he really liked the Joker film. And because the Joker film, from what I'm understanding, which I'm going to see probably after I uh, record this, it's, it's very grounded. It's a very grounded take on the character of the Joker. So since that is what he considers cinema, white lead again, see what I'm saying? It's, ugh. but I believe in this film, Zazie Bates is in this film as well. I, like I said, I still haven't seen it. I have to see it as well. And I think he felt some type of way about Zazie and Zazie wasn't feeling him, you know, for whatever reasons. I still have to see it. So my thing was, I started, I went off on a tangent, forgive me, but my thing was Martin Scorsese um, going against the MCU or saying things about the MCU triggered those, those thoughts immediately. Because I'm like, I'm, look, I'm thinking about Martin Scorsese films. I'm thinking about The Goodfellas. Um, I'm thinking about The Departed. I'm thinking about Wolf on, Wa Wolf on Wolf of Wall Street. Those films, and I'm like, all those films I just named, those were white male leads. You know, don't get me wrong, the MCU does have their white male leads as well. But you have the Black Panthers, right? You have the uh, the Valkyries. You have the, um, the, the, the Jane Foster, I think that's her name, Jane Foster Thor that's coming in the next door. So you have a mixed bag. You had the Captain Marvel movie. You had the Black Widow movie that's coming out next year. You have a mixed bag of different types of leads. So I'm not the only one that felt that way about what Martin Scorsese's comments. I even, I even saw a tweet where one young lady was like, okay, Martin Scorsese, um, have you seen your films lately? You're promoting um, gang violence. Um, you're promoting uh, white supremacy. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I never looked at it that way. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to go to white supremacy route, but when I saw that tweet, I was like, hmm, yeah, he's quick. He's quick to have the N-word thrown at a black character in a movie in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he shouldn't. That's how they talk about us. We need to be fully aware of that. Um, but... It, like I said, me as a fan of the MCU and liking some of Martin Scorsese's films, but knowing exactly what they're about, it woke me up at the end of the day. It, it woke me up and it, it made me look at Martin Scorsese in a different way. Like, hmm, why are you saying this? You know what I'm saying? It basically made me want to go into his psyche and see why he was saying these things. But I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm never gonna find out the truth unless I'm in a bug in the room and I find out what the true motive behind his statements were. You know what I mean? Because he's never gonna knock off the MCU. The MCU is a billion dollar, um, a billion dollar business deal now between Sony, I'm sorry, not Sony, between Disney and Marvel. They're making billions of dollars now. 
So Martin Scorsese, he can say what he likes. Of course, he's voicing his opinion. And him saying these kind of things is going to get him headlines. So whatever. I mean, Martin Scorsese versus the MCU. We should see how much longer that goes on for. Um, that's pretty crazy. Another thing, um, we just had the Rolling Loud Festival. Uh, we're staying in entertainment news, of course. We just had the Rolling Loud Festival in New York City that just took place. Um, there were some rappers that were actually banned from performing from the two-day festival. Uh, rappers like Casanova, who just dropped an amazing album, which is crazy to me. I'm going to get back to that. Pop Smoke, 22 Gs, Chef G, and Don Q were prohibited from performing because the NYPD claimed that they have been affiliated with recent acts of violence citywide. And I'm looking, I'm thinking about Cass, and I'm like, yo, he hasn't been in trouble since 2007. Cass has been working on his music for the past two, three years. He's been giving us EP showing his versatility. So, and he just dropped an album. I think it's called Behind These Scars. Yeah, which is out right now. I listened to it about five, six times already. An amazing album. Shows great versatility. So I believe that him performing at Rolling Loud would have gave him more sales, more streams. That would have been a great opportunity. But um, the NYPD wrote a letter to the Rolling Loud organiz organizers. The Rolling Loud organizer is saying the NYPD believes if these individuals are allowed to perform, there will be a higher risk of violence. And I'm like, what? I mean, they had other artists on there who talk about pretty much the same shit that these rappers talk about. And they weren't a threat. You know what I mean? From what I understand, the Rolling Loud uh, scene was a mixed bag of different demos. So you weren't going to have the wild and crazy shit going on. I mean, I think it's just the NYPD. This is me speculating here, me giving my opinion. I believe it's just the NYPD targeting um, New York City rappers. Um, basically, the hip-hop task force back in effect. You know what I mean? They admitted there was a task force about 16 years ago. So they're not going to sit here and tell me, oh, this, this task force suddenly up and left. Like, come on, man. Like, you remember the story not too long ago. I think one of the police officers or police chief put a hit out on 50 Cent. You know what I mean? So, yes, there's still some... There's still some um, some sort of heat, some sort of beef between uh, the police and the... Um, the the hip-hoppers, the, the rappers in New York City because it, it's just weird that that all of a sudden that they say Casanova, Don Q, Chef G, Pops. Pop Smoke is another artist that could have used that Rolling Loud stage as a perfect opportunity to um, promote that. He, he probably had the song of the summer, Welcome to the Party. And he couldn't perform that at Rolling Loud? That would have been major for him to perform that in his home city. Like, it, it just bugs me out to see that the New York uh, City Police is still up to um, targeting uh, certain rappers, you know what I mean? I guess since the whole 6ix9ine situation, you know what I mean? Perfect segue. Six, since the 6ix9ine situation, a lot of them been on these uh, young New York rappers now. Um, speaking of 6ix9ine, I seen the internet going crazy, speculating crazy about this, so, this alleged $10 million deal. Or the alleged $10 million that uh, Young 6ix9ine um, or Snitch 9 got. Let me clarify it for you guys. The deal is worth $10 million. Um, I believe that many have confused the details of the deal due to the misleading headlines or lack of information. 
Um, the deal is with 10K Projects, the label he was signed to previously. Um, I believe that label is ran by um, Elliot Grange, the son of um, Lucian Grange, who is basically who, who is the CEO of Universal Music Group. So to me, I'm when when I saw that, I looked at that as oh, he's trying to get some money back because he probably put a shitload of money into Takashi. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna give this motherfucker another chance so I can so, just to see if I can get my money back. You know what I mean? The deal is worth ten million. They're not gonna give Takashi. 10 million dollars out the fucking gate you need to get that through y'all heads um it's gonna it's a two album deal you know what i mean one in english the other in spanish um so to me that's five million each album the million the 10 million dollar number basically is how much the deal is worth because think about it he's not taking with pro he just snitched on the non-trade bloods and he thinks he's going to be able to walk around freely no they're gonna have to have 24 7 security they're gonna have to have 24 7 surveillance they're gonna have to get a bulletproof vest um he's gonna have to like i don't under i don't think they understand or people understand the severity of what takashi 69 is in i mean i try my best not to really try and talk about this kid every time but he keeps coming up and he's going to probably continue to come up until December 18th, is, which is, I believe, his sentencing. A lot of people feel that he's going to go scot-free. Me knowing the system and how the system works, I still think he's going to be sitting in jail for a few years. They maybe throw 10 at him. Um, he may not get the 47, but I, I think he may sit in the, in the joint for 10. Um, that's why I'm like kind of skeptical about this whole deal that they keep talking about. Because I'm like, yeah, granted he snitched. Granted, he cooperated, but he still got to do the time because he actually pled guilty to crimes that he did. So he still got to sit and do that. Um, and then he's and then he got in trouble right after he was not supposed to get in trouble because if you remember, he had the sexual or the statutory rape charges that he he, he uh, pled guilty to or whatever. They found him guilty. I'm not sure. I'm not really into the guy's cases or anything like that. So it's like. I believe he's going to sit in due time. This this is what I believe. I could be wrong. I don't know the law. I didn't go to law school or anything like that. But um, it's, it's, it's just weird to me that people think he's actually just going to come out and um, have this deal waiting for him. And all of a sudden, um, it's going to be peaches and cream after that. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that, fam. You're talking about the law here, man. Yes, they've been trying to get the non-trade bloods for God knows how long. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he still has to do the time. They're not going to give him time, sir, for fucking admitting to racketeering, I believe. Um, reckless endangerment. It's so, so much involved. I don't believe they're going to be like, oh, he served enough time for that. Nah, even with him snitching. Nah, because even snitches sat and did time. The Frank Lucases did time. The uh, Nicky Bonds did time. Like, all those guys that ratted, they did time. So that's why I'm like, why is Elliot Grange putting this news out there? Or why is people that work for him putting this news out there? Because Takashi is a hot topic right now. And I, I'm, I'm assuming um, 10K Projects is using this as an opportunity to maintain relevancy. Um, there was another artist. What's her name? 
Oh, Tanaje, I think that's her name. I think that's her name. Tanaje even said um, she believes that if 6ix9ine comes out, he'll get a deal. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. But if they do, the label's got to put a shit ton of money into this kid. And the thing is, I don't know. I don't think he knows the business side that well because if they put a shit ton of money into him, they're going to take any residuals that he's supposed to get to get that payback. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a very 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 sticky icky situation for Takashi Six Nine and Ten um, <clears throat> K Project situation, man. Um, make sure y'all check out that episode with me and um, where me and uh, Pretty discuss. We basically I gave a character. She gave not me. She gave a character profile on um, on Takashi Six Nine. A.K.A. Daniel Henderson. Henderson. Daniel Hernandez. Daniel Henderson is actually an old MMA fighter. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I forgot what episode she was on. Um, but she, I, I think it was 10. I'm not sure. But she was on one of the episodes. We were discussing Scum Gang and everything like that. And how some people were confusing that. <clears throat> were confusing Takashi being with Scum Gang. And she had to clarify that, and he didn't create it and everything like that. So, I mean, make sure you check that out. We we know um, <clears throat> 6 9 is a is a weirdo. You know what I mean? The guy has rainbow hair, rainbow teeth, a big-ass 69 tattooed on his face. So, we know he's different. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, as I said, I, I don't know. If he's actually going to walk after December 18th, I believe he may serve 10 years. I could be wrong, though. But I think he's going to do time even with him snitching. Because people believe that, oh, because he snitched, um, he gets a get-out-of-jail-free card. No. First, he admitted to doing this. Then he's telling on himself by telling on these other people. So it's like, I highly doubt that the law of this country is just going to be like, okay, buddy, since you since you tattletailed, you get to walk these streets. You know what I mean? Since you tattletailed, yeah, you don't need witness protection. Uh, you can walk these streets. I mean, granted, I heard, I heard, like everybody else, that he turned down with pro. I don't know how true that is. You know what I mean? Because a lot of this is not coming from his mouth. It's coming from other sources. And I, I'm not really into speculation or gossip or rumor um i need one of the executives of this of these labels like elliot greens to come out and say yeah i got a deal for him worth 10 million dollars you know this could just be some shit that was thrown out there to see if it catches flame i mean six nine is a big deal to this new generation and anything that's involved with him they're gonna fucking check it out they're gonna they're gonna look at it and be like, yo, what's going on? Let's see what's good. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's interesting, this whole $10 million deal. I mean, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Takashi 69 actually getting $10 million. They're just throwing $10 million at him. No, I, I don't believe that. That to me, that's nonsense. Um, it would be bad business. Like, let, let's look at, let's look at it from that standpoint. It'll be bad business. Like, you're just giving Takashi 6 $10 million, and you don't even know if you're getting that back? You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird. Um, it's just poor. It's a poor business move. So let's get off Takashi 6 9 because I, I be trying so hard, family, not to talk about this kid. 
because like I don't really one I don't rock with his music too. From what I'm hearing about him, I would I probably would have ended up smacking the dog shit out of him. Especially if he's like trying to be manipulative. That's one thing I can't stand. People trying to manipulate others or even trying to manipulate me. Like I can't stand that shit. Like I'll slap the dog shit out of somebody if they try that shit. Um anyway, let's get into something else. Uh staying in the rap world, the game. Um the game, I didn't even know about this, but I don't really pay attention to the game like that. The game had a case of um, sexual assault. Um, I believe the game had, this is something else I didn't know. I didn't know he had a reality show. He had a reality show called She Got Game. Um, Priscilla Rainey, who was a competitor on the show, um, accused game of, um, I believe, groping her. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Accused game of caressing her vagina during a scene for the reality show. And y'all know, y'all know that's the game's bag because I don't know if y'all remember that video that was circulating. Um, I believe that girl's name is India Love, pretty young thing from Cali. Um, there was a video circulating of pretty much the game playing. Her in the game sitting on the grass, you know, they looked like they were intimate, you know, they, were, they looked like they were dead. And the game, you know, basically just running his hand through her vag and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think he even tried to clown her and try to say it stinked and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, you a bozo. I mean, granted, you're not with her anymore. You ain't got to play her like that. But, you know, people are cut from different claws. But speaking of this sexual assault, Game is ordered to pay $7.1 million to this sex assault victim, Priscilla Rainey. And you know what it is? It was basically, he lost his case because he was negligent. He lost his case because he never showed up to court. So it's like, why didn't you show up to court, game? Was it because you didn't have the time, which I highly doubt, or you felt it was a waste of your time? You felt, man, she ain't getting it, so I got this. And I'm just looking back at this. I'm like, yo, if, if you didn't do it, don't you want to like kind of save your seven million dollars? Like I'm sure they that he knew that it was going to be a seven million dollar, uh, pretty much a seven million dollar bill. Um, it's that's that's a lot of fucking money. Um, she won. Priscilla Rainey won seven point one million dollars and. The game has to pay it, like regardless. Although, of course, he's gonna say he ain't paying it, he ain't paying it, he ain't paying it. But once they start seizing his assets, guess what? He's gonna have to pay it if he wants his assets back. So it's 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 a real nasty situation for the game and um, dealing with sexual assault. Speaking of sexual assault, we're gonna stay on the sexual assault or sexual misconduct um, charges. Cuba Gooding Jr. Man, ah. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Boys in the Hood, Mr. Um, what other movie did he do? Uh, Jerry Maguire, Mr. Um, he did so many films. I can't sit here and just pinpoint which which uh, which movies he's got. But man, recently he's been dealing with um, women stating that he's been um, pretty much. 
subjecting them to unwanted touching and advances by him. Um, he's been dealing with multiple sexual misconduct charges, accused of groping a woman, groping a woman's buttocks at Manhattan's Tower nightclub last October. Um, that was last year. He was also accused of groping a woman's breast at Manhattan's Magic Hour rooftop bar back in June. Um, I know some of y'all probably some of y'all that listen and are um, that follow the Blast podcast IG page T H A B L A S T P O D C A S T the Blast podcast. Make sure you follow that if you're not following. Um, as you saw on that page, I made a post where I said, "Well, I didn't say it." The post said. Um, I believe all the wild stories about Cuba Gooding Jr. based off this picture alone. Pretty much, it was him, and it looked like he was in a public place with the bucket of chicken, uh, the with the 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 Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket on his head. You know what I mean? So it was funny. I thought the meme was funny, but to see this, this is not funny. Um, in this day and age, where women are standing up uh, for themselves, where where society is actually empathizing with the women's with the women's experience you can't do these things no more fellas you can't do these kind of things where you can just touch up on a girl and any random girl or or uh make advances to any random girl because guess what man if they feel that if they feel that they're threatened or feel that you're coming on to them too strong they're gonna feel some type of way man they're, they're gonna they're gonna fall back you know what I mean? And you can't get mad at them. You can't sit there and call them all types of bitches because they ain't fucking with you. You know what I'm saying? You should know at at, at a certain age, you should know when um, a shorty's messing with you or a shorty's feeling you or whatnot. Like you should be able to read body language after a certain time. You know what I'm saying? You should be able to see certain things. You should be able to read certain red flags or see certain um, signs where they're like, ooh, Okay, I think she's feeling me. Let me make my advance. You know what I'm saying? And you just can't do these type of things where you're just walking up on women and, and touching them. Um, uh, the Manhattan Supreme Court hoped to establish a pattern of behavior uh, at uh, Gooding's trial using testimony from 12 additional women who have said they were subjected to unwanted touching and advances by the actor in bars and clubs. Um, so this, this sounds like it's been going on for a while. Um, of course, no criminal charges have been brought in connection with those women. Um, the trial was supposed to take place on October 17th, but it was delayed because of the additional charges. There is no new uh, set date for the trial. Um, it's just... Mm, it's... it's. Uh, what, how can I say this without being insensitive? It's hard being... Um, it's hard being a heterosexual black man in this day and age. Um, granted, I'm not condoning what he's doing, but as a heterosexual black man um, living in this in this climate today, I I see the difficulty in actually being a man. Um, like, I don't do catcalls, so I'm not going to use that as an example. But like. If you look at a woman nowadays and someone else sees you looking at this woman, they may uh, approach you on some, oh, why are you looking at her like that? Or Because I, it's actually happened to me before. 
I'm sitting there, I'm sitting down admiring a young lady who we crossed paths. She smiled at me. I smiled back. We walked past each other and we looked back at each other. You know, the, the common flirtation things that you do. And um, she continued to walk and me, I turned around to just, you know, to check out the posterior view. And someone actually tapped me on my shoulder. It's like, excuse me, what are you doing? Um, you're, you're objectifying her. And on some real shit, I wanted to flip, but I was like, you know what? Because I'm the type that's like logic over emotion. So I was just like, um, actually, no, I'm not objectifying her. She actually showed me that she liked the fact I was looking at her and she may be interested. And I said to them, as a matter of fact, you wait right here. I'm actually going to go get her number right now. And I actually did get her number. Shout out to her. She's probably listening. Shout out to her. And um, like... Shout out to the fucking idiot that thought they could come to me and tell me that, oh, I'm objectifying a woman that I've seen. I've noticed the chemistry. I noticed the nonverbal communication between us. You didn't. Mind your business. But this is what I'm talking about when I say that it's hard being a heterosexual black man in this world, in this day and age. Um, I mean, it was already hard being black. So being a heterosexual man, eh, it's, it's gotten even tougher. So, I mean... Uh, let's get off that subject. I want to main, maintain in the entertainment world, Birdman. Birdman. Uh, I, I don't know what's up with this dude, man. It seems like he he's a poor businessman, man. Um, Birdman closed his bank accounts before money could be seized over a $1 million, de $1 million debt. Nicholas Jose Penzo, former employee, was granted a default judgment against Birdman in the amount of $1,069,876. Uh, money was awarded to Penzo, who was now trying to collect. Um, Penzo fired off some subpoenas to Citibank, demanding they seize all of Birdman's money and hand it over. But Citibank claims to not have any of Birdman's cash. They point to him closing several accounts in August. So basically, Birdman knew that he wasn't winning this, and he owed this dude money. So what he did was shut down the Citibank accounts, took his money out, and he probably has the money somewhere in safes or overseas accounts or whatever, wherever, to the point where, what's this, what's this guy's name? Nicholas Jose Penzo can't find his money, or if he does find the money, it's not going to be for a while, because they probably won't seize Birdman's um, assets for a while. And that sucks, because... From what I understand, Nicholas Jose Penzo was a property manager. So he was on um, Birdman's property taking care of the grounds. And Birdman didn't want to pay him. You know what I mean? It went as far as they went as far as saying, the report that I read, that were, my source where I got this from, they went as far as saying as Birdman would tell him, yo, I got you, I got you. Can you do this for me? I got you, I got you. I mean, granted, that's um, Nicholas Jose Penzo's fault for actually believing that. Um, think about it. Like the man, did, the man didn't even want to pay Lil Wayne. Do a, 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 bro, a brother that he calls his son, a brother that he kissed in the mouth. He didn't even want to pay him. So what makes you think he was going to pay you, big dog? Because you were a Birdman fan? It's like you can't you can't fall for that, man. You got to be about your business. Granted, I'm happy that he won the case and he's owed that one million dollars. But like you could avoid it all that because now you have to sit there with that a million that you're going to get. I'm sure you're going to have to bust that down and give it to your lawyer and all the other stuff. You know what I mean? And bills that you haven't paid because I'm sure I'm not sure if you're employed or not. 
But I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money, man. And for you to not have that money and for you to go so hard to try and collect, that shows me you might even be in debt and you need this money. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just interesting, this whole story. Um, I hope it actually opens um, people's eyes that actually want to work with Birdman. If you're going to work with Birdman, work with Birdman, but make sure y'all got your, the, the papers right, man. Make sure that he's going to have to pay you when, when the services are done. It's not going to be on some... Um, it's not going to be on some, oh, I got you, I got you. If he's telling you he got you, he don't got you, man. Um, he's not going to pay you. So be careful. of For all you artists out there, if Birdman comes up to you and talks about he wants to sign you, don't do it. Work out a deal with him where, you know, you guys work together and you, you guys can get some money together. But if I'm telling you, from one entrepreneur to another or a future entrepreneur, don't fuck with Birdman. He didn't want to pay Wayne. It took him to pay. It took him years to pay Wayne. And now you heard this story where he owes a dude over a million dollars. And he look, look at the petty shit he did to not pay it. You know what I mean? Birdman is always talking about number one stunt of big money, this big money, that. Don't get me wrong. I know a million dollars is a lot of money. But the way he talks, it shouldn't, that shouldn't hurt him. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's poor business. And that's why Pusha T said what he said about Birdman, man. So, oh, one thing that I didn't have on the docket that I seen before recording the show. Shout out to Lauren London. Um, she won the guardianship of uh, her and Nipsey's son, Cross. And now she can, now that she's um, the guardian to him, of course, which is kind of weird to me. I can't believe she had to actually go to court for that. He can inherit the, the estate. He can inherit um, everything that Nipsey left behind for him, man. You know, so that was awesome, awesome news that I saw. So big shout out to Lauren London, man. I know she's happy to win that case. I know she's happy that her son Cross, her and Nipsey's son Cross, don't have to worry about anything. Probably doesn't even have to work for anybody for his life. He can continue the marathon. You know what I mean? The marathon continues, man. So RIP to Nipsey. Congratulations to uh, Lauren London. Long live Nipsey Hussle. Um, huge shout out to his son, Cross. Uh, make sure to check out our episode two in archives dedicated to um, Nipsey Hussle himself. Long live King Nipsey. Um, we, we delve into a lot of things on that episode and we, we, we talk about Nip. I was a fan of Nipsey's. So, man, just to hear that brother die. Just, it was crazy because after I released the first episode, I took a nap after I released it. Woke up to news. Um, shout out to Rob of Culture Wings. I woke. He hit me up telling me, yo, they killed Nipsey. They killed Nipsey. They killed Nipsey. And I'm like, what? At first I thought it was a hoax. And then when I looked it up, he was dead. So RIP Nipsey. Huge shout out to Cross and Lauren London, man. I hope you guys uh, live a prosperous life, man. You know, continue to do your thing. Now, it's time to get into the serious stuff, man. Uh... Let's talk about Joshua Brown. Joshua Brown, as you all may know by now, um, you, you have to know by now. I couldn't really get to talk about it uh, last week because we had our guests. We touched on Amber Geiger for a bit, but I didn't want to bring down the mood and, and the vibe that we were in with this uh, 
with this uh, topic. Um, Joshua Brown. Ten days after testifying as a key witness in the Amber Geiger case, he was found dead with, mul with multiple wounds to his lower body. Uh, Brown lived across the hall from Botham Jean. He was killed at his current home, Atera Apartments, about five miles from the old complex where he lived, where he, Botham, and Geiger used to live. Um, witnesses flagged down Dallas police officers at 10.30 p.m. on October 4th. Witnesses told police they heard several gunshots and saw a silver four-door sedan speed away from the parking lot. Um, the attorney, which is uh, Lee Merritt, stated, Brown was ambushed at his apartment complex and he got out of his car and was shot at close range. Merritt also said Brown's mother asked him to do whatever it takes to get to the bottom of her son's homicide. She suspects foul play and it's difficult to rule it out. This is what uh, Lee Merritt said verbatim. Um, he also said he had no known enemies. He worked for a living and he was not in the streets. We need answers immediately. Um, that's the first um, initial news I got when he got killed. Um, there was different reports. Um, at first, I believe Lee Merritt said that he had got shot in the face. Um, but then the, police, the, the, the Dallas PD said, no, that wasn't the case. He didn't get shot in the face. Uh, it was all lower body wounds. Now, there was a new report that came out during, I believe... No, I believe this was late last week as well, right before we did the episode. Dallas Police uh, Department has stated Joshua Brown was a victim of a drug deal gone bad. <laughs> they state that three individuals were part of Joshua Brown's homicide. Their names are Thaddeus Charles Green, Jaquarius Mitchell, and Michael Mitchell. Uh, Green is 22. Jaquarius Mitchell, I don't have an age for, and Michael Mitchell is 32. These three men are from Louisiana and allegedly came to Texas to purchase drugs from Joshua Brown. Uh, Dallas PD stated they found 12 pounds of weed, 149 grams of THC cartridges, and more than $4,000 in Joshua Brown's apartment. Um, oh, this story to me is extremely, 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 extremely nasty. On several different levels. Um, it's nasty to me because, one, if this man, Joshua Brown, was a drug dealer, why would he take the stand? Me, personally, I've dibbled and dabbled in certain things. And while I was dibbling and dabbling in those certain things, I wanted no contact with police. I wanted no contact with judges. I wanted no contact with anyone that pertain to the law. Obviously, Joshua Brown seen this act take place and felt it was his duty. He felt obligated to testify against this woman because guess what? While he was testifying and everything like that, he broke down and started crying because he said, hey, that could have been me. That could have been me she walked up on and could have killed like that. So I had to say something. So I, I applaud that, man. So that's, that's one thing that I found very weird about these so-called allegations that the Dallas PD put out there. Um, two, um, remember Lee Merritt's comment where he said, no known enemies, works for a living. And uh, what, what else did he say? He wasn't in the streets. 
So, you're what basically what the Dallas PD is saying is that Lee Merritt is um, exaggerating, and he does, or he doesn't know what he's talking about, or he was oblivious to this. Um, and I'm and I'm saying this is weird because I believe his mom told Merritt this. Like he worked for a living. Um, I believe he used to play college football, um, and I believe he had his own business. He did roofing. Um, I'm not sure of that. You you can check that yourself. But from what from the, all the reports that I read, I believe he had his own business, and he was doing those things. So now, according to the Dallas PD, he was some big time drug dealer. They found 12 pounds of weed in his um, apartment, which is weird to me, because. Um, he had to move all this shit after the case. Um, he had, from what I understand, I don't, I don't think he had a record. Because I'm sure they would have mentioned that. You know the Dallas PD would have mentioned that, put that out there. Basically to try and justify him being killed, or not justify, but basically to absolve themselves from being a part, basically absolved himself from foul play. That's what I took from that. Um, it was so funny because they even threw up a glass shield. For those of y'all who don't know what a glass shield is, it's basically a black police officer. It's called the glass shield because as a black person, you are looking in a mirror. You know what I mean? But shield represents the badge that they wear. So it's a glass shield. They threw a black man up there to say um, these things about another black man. So it doesn't look like because if it was a white man up there saying that guess what people would have been all over there like nah i'll be we don't believe you so they were like hmm, let's throw a black face up there to see if it'll um pretty much be a silencer to what we're about to do um as you all know getting for police getting 12 pounds of weed 149 grams of thc cartridges and four thousand dollars is nothing so me i could be wrong but I believe this shit was planted. I don't believe that he died because of a drug deal gone bad. I believe it was a retaliation from the police department. Because one thing I noticed is that if you remember when Amber, during the Amber Geiger case, when I believe I spoke about it two weeks ago with Precise, um, there was that one thing where they were talking about, oh, she was distracted because of text messages and, and phone calls she had with her partner right why isn't a partner being brought up into all of this right why is it the partner being investigated from what i understand there's probably no that was the results of their internal investigation where they found 12 pounds of weed why isn't no one asking the partner questions because my thing is like how did they find out where this young this brother lived because he moved. He lived five miles away from the apartment complex that where both of Gene got killed, where both of Gene got assassinated. Why? Who else would know where he lived? As, as, as someone that dibbled and dabbled in things, I didn't like people coming to my place to get that unless I knew you. Like, if I knew you, yeah, come through to the crib. But if I didn't know you, you weren't coming to my house. That's why I find this difficult difficult to believe because i was in that lifestyle you know what i mean and the, and the thing was 
I wasn't paranoid. I was just very cautious. So it's it's very weird to me that he would, one, be selling whatever amount he was selling in an apartment complex that he just moved in. And he, number one, he was already high profile, a high profile public figure because of the case. So I'm sure everybody knew who he was. So why would he do that then and there? And another thing is, they said those three brothers drove from Louisiana to Texas for weed? It's, it's, it's kind of bugged to me. Like, I don't care what kind of plug you are. I'm not driving over five hours just for Bud, yo. It's like me driving from where I stay, which is um, Nyack, New York, to go to Syracuse to meet a plug for some Bud. What the fuck am I doing that for? What? I'm not doing that. And this is me I'm talking about. Granted, I don't know these three dudes, but I'm, this is me. I'm not driving five, six hours just to go get some weed. I don't care what the fucking price is. Fuck that. That's insane. Part of my language, but you know, it's explicit content anyway. This is, this is a very, um, a very uh, moving topic for me because I'm like seeing, the, seeing this man do the right thing, take a stand against these pigs, and then to hear that he died 10 days later right after he testifies. And to me, I, I, I speculated immediately. I was like, nah, they got him, yo. I don't know who they got to do it or if they did it themselves, but they got him, yo. You know what I'm saying? And the thing I also want to know is, did the uh, Thaddeus Charles Green, Jaquarius Mitchell, and Michael Mitchell, were they driving a four-door silver sedan? You know what I'm saying? From the time I was taking these notes, I believe the only person that got caught was Thaddeus Charles Green. They're, the other, the Mitchells were still on the run. I'm not sure what it is right now. I probably, I'll probably get back to that next week once I get more, more of the, um, more details on that. But to me, this, this whole thing is nasty, you know, because first you got the death of um, both of Gene in his own home eating ice cream, watching TV. Gets killed by an off-duty police officer. She only gets 10 years. Nasty. Um, Joshua Brown. Well, after, his testi after testifying and after he left, I believe that the judge even said, oh, I can't believe you came that he came. And I'm like, wait, what? You don't believe that he came? Why not? Did he get, did you know about threats? Did you know something about him that we didn't know? Did, were you privy to something that we weren't privy to? You see what I'm saying? It's just nasty. Like, in this day and age, if the cops can walk in into your apartment and shoot you down and not get time, like, if they're only going to get 10 years and probably be up for parole in five, what, what is this country saying about a black man and woman's worth? Because, I mean, there's, there's plenty of video where you've seen white men and women uh, basically damn near attack the police officer. And the police officer does not use excessive force as if they were, uh, as if they, as, as they would against someone that looks like me. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many examples of it. I, I don't want to hark on it. I don't want to harp on it for too long because um, I do want to get to the topic of a Tatiana Jefferson. 
who else, who was another person um, in Fort Worth, Texas, that got killed by a police officer. Um, this is who I'm dedicating this episode to, um, Tatiana Jefferson. A uh, 28-year-old woman shot to death in her own home in Fort Worth, Texas. Out playing video games with her 8-year-old nephew, police were called by a neighbor who was concerned because the front and side doors were ajar. Basically, um, what is that called? The wellness call? A wellness check, pretty much. Before I continue, anybody who wants to check on me, do a wellness check on me, please do not, I repeat, do not, Call the fucking police. Please. Don't call the cops. You want someone to do a wellness check on me? Come for yourself. Don't call the police. Call someone that you know isn't afraid of that action. Just in case there is an issue going on with me. Um, don't call the police. Because they're going to fuck around, come here, and fucking kill me. You know what I mean? They see me, they'll be like, oh, he's a, he broke in. Da, 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 da. And that's it for Dell. No more Blast Podcast, you know what I mean? So yes, don't call the police for me at all, okay? Uh, back to where I was. Like I said, it was a wellness call. The two responding officers quietly crept outside the dark house where Miss Jefferson lived. The problem with that is for a wellness call, for a wellness check call, you're supposed to go to the front door. You're supposed to park in front of the house. Then check what's going on. Um, if you go to, the, what they're supposed to do is go to the front door announce themselves. They don't hear anything, then they go around and, and check out the premises and do their police work. Um, let's see here. Um, the white male officer, Aaron Dean, seen Ms. Jefferson through her bedroom window. He shouted for her to put her hands up and imme immediately fired a single shot through the glass. Officers never identified themselves as police. That's key. Um, in a situation where things are heightened, you got to identify yourself as police. Um, when you don't do that, you leave room for error, as you have in this situation. A woman had lost her life right in front of her nephew, who was actually in the room when she got shot, when she was, when she was killed. The nephew was still in the room. Um, Aaron Dean was supposed to get fired, but he had resigned. So obviously he got a heads up. Um, that's the blue wall. Y'all already know what that is. If y'all don't know what it is, look it up. It's called the blue wall. Um, Dean had resigned and then got arrested for the murder of a Tatiana Jefferson. Um, this story... pissed me off because we just had both from Jean. We just seen the sentencing with Amber Geiger. She only got 10 years. And now I just discussed Joshua Brown who lost his life and they tried to brush it off and say it was a drug deal gone bad, accusing three, three other brothers that they probably arrested for something totally different and they're pinning this murder on them. Um, now we have a Tatiana Jefferson. Clearly she was the cool aunt. She was up playing video games with her eight-year-old nephew. Like, I can relate to that. Like, when Rocky gets that age, guess what? I'm going to be playing video games with her. 
Shoot, I play around with her now. She's only two, three years old. She's three years old. So, like, this could be me. Like, I could put myself in her shoes. Like, this could be me in my apartment watching my niece for my, um, for my brother and sister. Shout out to Bravo and uh, shout out to Natty. I could be sitting there watching them for, for me. I could be watching Rocky for them. And for whatever reason, someone calls the police and do a wellness check. And this shit could have been me. You know what I'm saying? That's why this, this episode hits, not this, I'm sorry, not this episode, this news hit me so hard. Because I was, when I read it, I'm like, yo, she was sitting there chilling with her nephew. And you come through and pop her? Because you didn't follow the proper procedure? Because you wanted to be Mr. Superhero Cop? You wanted to be Super Cop? It's, it's just, it's just real nasty, nasty, nasty. When, when I, when I, when I think about this story, when I talk about this story, um, it's like, it's, I, it's like I'm fed up and I'm not even from Texas, but me being who I am and how conscious I am to have the African centered perspective and consciousness that I have and to see this kind of shit, it infuriates me. Like, it irritates me to the core. It's like, I'm sure people in Texas right now are tired of the police, are, 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 are don't feel safe in Texas. They're, because I, I think I seen a um, town hall meeting where the brother was like, yo, I'm ready to leave here because I don't, I'm not involved in no type of street life, but now I have to be afraid of gun violence. And it's not because it's the street dudes. I have to be afraid of the police killing me. You know what I mean? You even had a one lady come up there, a white woman go up there and say, yeah, white, white supremacy still exists. Because for someone to get killed in the privacy of their own home and this person's only getting 10 years in jail and be up for parole in five, what is that? Because if the tables were turned, if both of them had walked into Amber Geiger's apartment and she was on the couch eating ice cream, and he shot her. What do you think would have happened to him, man? I believe he would have gotten a death penalty because it's it's legal in Texas. But they're not going to do that to the cop. See what I'm saying? This is what I was talking about, man. It's like scary. It's just scary. This is what I say when I said this. Remember when I said it was hard being a heterosexual black man? But it was it's already hard being black. This is a perfect example, man. The Joshua Brown and the uh, Tatiana Jefferson story is a perfect example as of to why it's hard being black in this in this world. Not just this world, I'm sorry. In in this nation and this world. Because I'm not gonna act like it's just black people in the United States that are suffering. It's black people all over the fucking globe are suffering. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, we've seen these movies before. We've seen the Joshua Brown, the Amber Geiger, and the Tatiana Jefferson movies before. And we're sick of it. We're tired of it, people. I mean, if I could do a call to action, I believe that the communities, all, all the black communities all over the world need to start um, thinking about um, having their own response teams. Um, have people that will go check on somebody, a wellness check, instead of calling the police because the person will do it properly. They'll go to the front door and knock, hey, what's going on, da 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 Now, if it's heightened to the point where, okay, you can't handle this, then bring in the boys. But like, say for instance, um, a neighbor had went to Tatiana Jefferson's door and knocked on it instead of calling the police. A Tatiana would be alive right now. 
And Tatiana would be playing with her eight-year-old nephew right now. But her life got taken prematurely because of some super pig named Aaron Dean, who they arrested. But I don't even know what they're going to do about this because I'm even seeing stories where they're saying, oh, she had a gun. Rightfully so, motherfucker. She was with her eight-year-old nephew. And there's some weirdos walking around their back, her backyard and they didn't identify themselves as police. So yeah, she's going to have the heat. She's going to protect her nephew, herself, and her home. But this pig decided, oh, it was okay to bust a shot without saying he was a cop? Come on, man. So anything, that, anything that somebody says to try and justify this dude's mistake, fatal mistake, which took in Tatiana Jefferson's life, away from her family, from her fucking nephew, all of y'all can go to hell. All of y'all can suck an AIDS-infested dick. You know what I mean? Yes, I said that. that. That's how I'm feeling right now. You know what I mean? Just to see this young lady lose her life prematurely. She wasn't on the street. She wasn't on the fucking block being a thot, whatever. She was with her fucking nephew. And she lost her life right in front of her nephew. Let's talk about that. What... What kind of effects mentally is that going to have on her nephew? One second she was playing, probably laughing and playing with him. The next she was on the floor fucking bleeding right next to him. What type of effects is that going to... He's going to have nightmares of that shit. No, one's, no one touches things like No one speaks on things like that. The psychology of the child. You know what I'm saying? It's like we have to start, we have to, we, when I say we, I'm speaking to the black collective. We have to start being more responsible for each other, man. Like we really need to stop kicking this individualistic um, bullshit. You want to know why the Haitian Revolution, the Jamaican Revolution, all those revolutions that happened in the past fucking worked? Because we seen that the collective was more important than the individual. That's why it worked. So we as a collective need to start thinking about having our own response teams. Because this, this shit is sickening. Like, I'm getting tired of talking about Botham Gene and, and this shit. Like, this shit pisses me off. Like, you got to understand, I was triggered into consciousness after the... What was that brother's name? Alton Sterling shooting. I seen that man... Have his hand cuffed behind his back, get popped in the chest by a fucking pig. Seeing that shit, I thought like, yo, that could have been me or my fucking brother. I was like, yo, I need to, I need to change the mind state that I have. I need to change the way I move. And ever since then, I've never looked back at the old me. You know what I'm saying? This is why I'm trying, I hope. The, the emotion, the, the vitriol that I'm, I'm spitting right now is, cu is cutting through y'all psyche because it's real, man. This shit could happen to anybody. Granted, yes, it's happening down south. But this shit could happen to anybody. You got to remember on the episode that um, me and Precise were talking about, I believe it was episode four called Say Their Names, there was a young brother that in Harlem that got his face fucking kicked in by fucking pigs. Meanwhile, he, he, he was just minding his business. They yanked him out of his car, pounding his face on the concrete. Why? Because he was resisting? You thought he was resisting? So yes, it happens in New York too, family. Come on, man. 
So, like, we have to be responsible for each other as a collective, man. We cannot continue to act like this individualistic uh, mind state is good for us. It's not. This is what they want us to think like. They want us to be individualistic. They want us to be divided so they could conquer. So come on, family. We we gotta wake up, man. We we gotta we gotta do better as a collective, man. I'm sorry that I I got all fired up and rage and rage because I mean I'm tired of talking about stories like this, man. Granted, it was a slow news week, but like seeing these stories, like the Joshua Brown story, the Botham Gene story, the the Tatiana Jefferson story, man. That that shit hurts, man. That shit hurts to 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 see that, man. So. Man, let's let's get on a lighter note because I really don't want to end the episode like that. Um, uh, matter of fact, let's get into music again. Uh, new music dropped this weekend. Um, I believe yes, like I said before earlier for Casanova, "Behind These Scars." That was a good album. I listened to that. Um, "Statue of Limitations," man. Big shout out to Smoke Dizza and Benny the Butcher, yo. That EP y'all got popping right there. That six-song EP y'all got floating around, killing the internet right now, fucking fire, dude. I wish it was longer, but I kind of don't. I like the link that it's at. Those six songs right there, perfect amount of songs. You don't skip not one. It's, 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 dude, it's fire. It's super, super fire. By the way, on my way to the gym, listen to the fine thing by the name of Cash Doll, her album called Stack. Yo. I like it. I like the album. Um, she shows tons of versatility. Um, she has, of course, the strip club records. She has some introspective records. She even has a conscious record. The last song on her album, Stacked, is called A Hundred of Us. And she's talking that conscious shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's talking about the black collective. Like, so definitely... Definitely check out Cash Doll's album, Stack. Um, please be sure to check out the um, DSP Seal of Approval series on my IG page. My IG page is DSPTHEGR8. Check out the um, IGTV. I already got some installments of um, the Seal of Approval series on there, but there's going to be some new ones. Um, I believe there's probably going to be two or three new um, installments this weekend. So probably by the time you hear this, they'll probably you'll probably already seen one or two of them. Um, so just uh, keep an eye out for that. Oh, make sure y'all keep an eye out for the Last Life Gaming Network IG page. I don't have the handle now, but when it does go live, I will I will put it on our on the Blast Podcast IG page, which is. T-H-A-B-L-A-S-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You'll definitely see it on there. And you'll definitely see us promoting it crazy for sure. Um, I'm super excited about my brother's project. Um, He he put his heart and soul into it. And once you see the videos, man, you're going to love the content. And you're going to want more. You're going to keep going back. Um, So make make sure you look out for that. Make sure to uh, follow VOH Basketball. That's VOH Basketball. Simple as that. Make sure to follow MOR Apparel. That's MOR underscore Apparel. A-P-P-A-R-E-L underscore U-S. Shout out to Wonder and Z Bling. Of course, you already know. If you don't know, 
We are the official podcast of VOH Basketball and MOR Apparel. Please be sure to look out for the new episode of MOR VOH Basketball Experience number two dropping tomorrow at midnight. Um, Thank you for listening, man. Um, I truly, truly appreciate y'all. Big shout out to Precise, man. Hopefully he'll be on here next week. Um, He'll definitely be on... Well, you'll definitely hear him on the the third installment of MOR VOH Basketball Experience. Um, this episode and the second episode of that of that uh, show will be strictly yours truly. You know, just doing the heavy lifting for the team, man. We just got to maintain this content. Got to maintain giving you the um, the 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 news and, and entertainment news that you need to hear, um, and at the same time keep y'all entertained. Once again, as you hear in the background. That's uh, Bishop Nehru's new single, Me and My Thoughts. I really, really like this song, man. Um, it's, a, it's a great vibe. Uh, thank you for listening. Please come back next week for this show. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow for the uh, VOH, the MOR VOH Basketball Experience episode, man. I truly, truly appreciate y'all. Y'all, uh, y'all are the best. Continue to support us. Make sure to... Um, Rate the rate the episodes on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, subscribe to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, so you know when the new episodes drop. You don't have to wait for us to say it on the um, IG page. Um, like I said before, follow us on the Blast Podcast on IG. That's T H A B L A S T P O D C A S T. Oh, also, also, also. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I got to start promoting that because I don't have much subscribers. I just really started promoting it. Um, There's tons of content on there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Onslaught Multimedia. That's O-N-S-L-A-U-G-H-T, Onslaught Multimedia, M-U-L-T-I-M-E-D-I-A. Onslaught Multimedia on YouTube. There's so many, um, so much videos on there, so much content. You'll find podcast-related content, and you'll also find DSP Seal of Approval series on there as well. So, man, make sure to subscribe to that. Also, join us on Patreon. Um, it's a $5 monthly membership. You'll get exclusive content that only you members are able to see. It's not available on YouTube. It's not available on Vimeo or wherever else they got videos. It's strictly available on Patreon. Um, you'll see videos of when Stan Michael was on the show. You'll see videos of when Coin was on the show. You'll see videos of when um, Culture Wings is on the show. You'll also see videos of when... Um, basically, when all our guests was on the show, you're going to see videos on there. Um, we don't put those videos on um, for public consumption because we want to give some of our future producers yes you heard that future producers some exclusive content to look at and see if their money is being invested correctly the reason why i said future producers is because when we start videoing our episodes we're going to start giving producer credits to those who are part of the patreon um membership also if you are a patreon member once we get um merchandise you're going to get that for free because you're already paying $5 a month to be a part of our uh, membership. So, man, once again, we're just trying to take this podcast to the next level. Uh, Patreon.com 
uh, forward slash The Blast Podcast. That's where you'll find us. So go there. Check us out. Thank you for listening again. I'm Brother DSP. I'm about to sign out. I've been talking to y'all for about an hour and 15 minutes. Y'all probably tired of me now. Um, I'll see y'all next week. But make sure to listen to... I'll see y'all next week on this show. But make sure to listen tomorrow uh, to the MOR VOH Basketball Experience number two. If you didn't listen to number one, go check that out as well because um, that's, that's still streaming right now. So peace out, family. Peace, love, and hair grease. (laughs) No, that's not my sign out, man. Love is love. Y'all take care, man. Y'all be safe out there, man. Peace.